Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me, Lord, just what to Welcome, say. everyone, to episode number 74. And I find that quite interesting. Uh, we're already at episode number 74. And uh, we uh, are so happy that you're here with us today. And uh, we've called this uh, series of uh, episodes, if you will, Leading Others to Christ. And during these episodes, those of you that know and have seen these, you know what I'm talking about. But we will be focused on evangelism. And one of our goals, we have several, but one of them is to stir us up to love and good works, especially in the area of reaching our family, friends, and neighbors with the gospel of Christ. Uh, my name is Dan Barker, and uh, uh, I'm one of the evangelists here at the Vestavia uh, Church of Christ. Uh, Vestavia is located in Vestavia Hills, which is a suburb of Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, so again, we're so happy to have you here today. And uh, those of you that have listened to this, you know that I'm passionate about our topic. Uh, and I have been uh, ever since I obeyed the gospel when I was 21 years old in Owensboro, Kentucky. Uh, and I've always been striving to teach others, uh, to sow the seed, to, to be a fisher of men and women, to make disciples, to persuade men and women, uh, to teach others. And remembering, <clears throat> I've tried to mention this every episode, remembering what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, 2. And the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And then later in that same chapter, uh, Paul says to Timothy, and I think this is a, a real emotional statement, but he tells him to be useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So those of you that know, you know, I came up with this idea of this podcast uh, uh, to be able to identify the men and women that are out there that are doing this, uh, fellow workers that are involved in uh, leading others to Christ in their community. And once we identify who they are, we want to interview them. We want to ask them questions. We want to learn from them. And we want to find out who they are, why they're so motivated at doing what they're doing and uh, and see what we can learn. And because we're always learning, you know, I'm 76, but I'm still learning every day. Uh, so we're really excited today to have uh, uh, our 74th guest with us, if you will, uh, Nick Angel. Nick, welcome. Hey, uh, thank you, Dan, and I certainly appreciate this effort that you uh, are putting forth in through these interviews. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, yes, uh, so our, uh, again, our, our guest is Nick Angel. Nick preaches for the Loudoun Church of Christ in Loudoun, Tennessee. And uh, and really, Nick, uh, and what I've done on these every time, and I will do the same thing with you when we get through today, but I've tried to get everybody that I've interviewed to give me three, at least three names of people that they know that I need to interview because we all have our own, you know, network of uh, friends and whatever. And uh, to find out who the people are that are out there has been fascinating. I've got over 200 names on my list. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, so uh, but anyway, we we always start these out with what I call it's like the old elevator pitch or the short bow. And for those that don't know, Nick Angel, why don't you take just a minute and tell us who you are, where you were born, how old you were when you obeyed the gospel and just kind of bring us up to speed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
My name is Nick Angel, and I was born in Riverside, California in 1990. My dad was born in Mexico and migrated to Southern California whenever he was a young boy and grew up there. Then he moved out to East Tennessee for a job that was within the family. He got set up on a blind date with my mom. Three weeks later, they got engaged, got married. Three to four months later, he drug her out to California. I was born there. Uh, she had all she could have of Southern California and said, we need to move back to East Tennessee. So I might be born in Southern California, but I've been raised in East Tennessee and lived here the vast majority of my life. Uh, I was baptized in seventh grade and finished out middle school, high school, and a couple years of college in Cleveland, Tennessee. Went to school in Knoxville, got my degree from the University of Tennessee in recreation and sport management, but realized that a, a lifestyle of sport and a job in the world of sports just wasn't going to be very conducive for the goals that I had in my life. Um, I was dating a girl that I would eventually uh, become engaged to and marry. And I, I just recognized that that type of lifestyle wasn't going to be, wasn't going to be conducive to me being able to support her and the work commitment just wasn't going to be, um, it just wasn't going to work because I, I desired to serve the church and to be an active role within a local church. So previous the, the summer previous to me graduating, I actually did a, a preaching internship for three, three months at the El Bethel church in Shelbyville, Tennessee, uh, just kind of getting my feet wet. I, I really, even at that point, I had no, no real desire to do the work of an evangelist to preach full time. Um, my, my uncle's pitch to me was, Hey, why don't you come do this? And I said, well, Larry, you know, I don't, I don't feel like preaching. I'm like preaching is not going to be my thing. He's like, okay, I get that. But you do realize you'll get to spend three months with your girlfriend in the same town, as opposed to long distance traveling three and a half hours one way. I was like, oh, well, you buried the lead. You should have said yeah, that first. And I, I would have done anything. I would have been out there working in your chicken houses if that's what you'd have uh, led with. Um, but that, that truly was just a, a real pivotal point in my life because I came to appreciate the work of preaching. And I had done some preaching up to that, up to that point. Uh, the church that I grew up in did not have a located preacher for some time. So the men would, would alternate and I would pitch in here or there, which I would cringe uh, in, an, in, a, in a just embarrassing way if I were to go back and listen to those now. I, thankfully, I think they're lost to the annals of time. Um, <laughs> But then in college as well, the, the church the church I was a part of in college did not have a located preacher. The men, the men rotated as well. So just all those things kind of came together where I, I desired to pursue the work of preaching. Uh, once I graduated college, went out to Little Rock for a year. And then after time at the, the Fairview Park Church in Little Rock, I spent se almost seven years with the Pleasant Plains Church in Jackson. And then had the opportunity to come back home and to live in East Tennessee and to work in East Tennessee. And that was a uh, something I couldn't hardly pass up. Most actually, the entirety of my immediate family is a part of the church here in Loudon, so that's really cool to be with them, and especially to um, to work with my brothers in law, uh, both my younger sisters, um, both of, both of their husbands are young Christians, so it's been awesome to work with them and to really see their progress and to work with this church here in Loudon. We are just incredibly blessed by God for the situation that we're in. And we're very thankful to be here and thankful for the work that we get to do. Wow. Great bow. That was good. That was good. You didn't rehearse that either, did you? 
I mean, people have asked a few times because they'll, they'll say, Hey, where'd you go to school? I say, Tennessee, right. what, what'd you, what'd you, uh, graduate? What's your degree? And I say recreation and sport management. So that always leads to the question. Well, what, what are you doing preaching? What are you doing now? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I worked at the rec center as well on campus. And as it was, a, as it was approaching graduation, people will be saying, well, what are you going to do after graduate, Nick? I was like, I'm actually going to go work with a local church. And they're like, Oh, are you going to be the, the youth minister or the sports minister? I was like, no, I'm just going to go be a, a servant of all. I'm going to just go do what I can and, and sharing the gospel and teaching. So the, the sport management to preaching route is uh, we'll just say it's, it's just a little bit different from, from me and my brothers who maybe went to, FC or, or other colleges where there was a real focus on preaching and teaching. Yes. Um, my, my, my way is just a little, little bit different. Well, uh, that's one of the reasons I like doing this is that just uh, probably I need, I keep saying this, I need to figure it up at, exactly, but uh, you're the 74th interview and I've probably uh, haven't met 80% in person, haven't met 80% of the ones I've interviewed. So I've been meeting this way. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be able to get to meet in person at some point. But uh, I love to hear the stories because everybody's story is different. You Mm -hmm. know, like born in California, moved to Tennessee. I don't know. uh, There's probably been somebody that said that, but I don't I don't know. But uh, dad from Mexico and 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 then a sports uh, background in college and UT. And see, that's what I did. I was going to be a I was I was a basketball coach. uh, uh, for 12 that's years. I, that's what I was going to do. I was going to focus See? on probably soccer, maybe something else as well. Uh, yeah. The plan originally was to be a high school, high school teacher, maybe get my teaching certificate so I can coach in high school or something like that. But yeah. just then that's, that's not what turned up. So I won't take our time here, but we've got some similar things there of uh, uh, all the time I was teaching and coaching, I was still involved and in, in, uh, in preaching. And uh, because something else that you said there too, that, has been a, a part of this podcast that's come up uh, a couple of times. You mentioned, well, that this such and such congregation didn't have a located preacher. And uh, so there were opportunities there for you, which was a blessing in disguise, if you will, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe not so much in disguise. The opportunity was just right there. But there are a lot of, uh, unfortunately, there's just a lot of congregations out there today that are struggling because uh, there's a shortage of preachers right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and it's, uh, that's come up with, with lots of numbers that are not very positive and we're going to keep this positive, but, but that's one of the things that we're trying to learn to see what we can do to help, uh, is, uh, to create, if nothing else, an awareness that, uh, some congregations are really, they're really struggling. I heard, I heard this, this week, uh, an article, one of our brothers uh, wrote, uh, he made the comment, well, it, it's only going to take a couple more deaths in the congregation and the, and the people that are left are going to have to decide whether they close the doors or not. And, the, you know, there's some that are just uh, struggling that much. But but thank you for uh, for all of that. It triggered a lot of things. So uh, you're married, right? I am. Yes. Yes. And what's uh, my wife's name? My wife's name is Katie, uh, so formerly we Katie Mooneyham. OK. And well, we, we have two- to- Two little girls. And two little girls. Oh, well, yes, that's sir. great. What are, what are their names? Uh, Olivia. Uh, she is six and she's in kindergarten. And then my youngest, who's in the next room, is Gabriella. And she is going to be four in January. Uh, well, see, by mentioning Katie, right? They're right right. Katie. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that way she'll listen to it since we've mentioned her name. You know, we, 
right? <laughs> well, <laughs> nor- normally, I mean, she hears enough of me talking all the time. So oh, the, more, the more time she get away from me talking is probably better for, for her psyche. Here, I've done this a couple of times. Let's just take a second. Uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, there's problems that, that can be created with preachers and their families and especially if they have to move very often and families and the whole, all the things that are involved with all that. But the role that the wife plays in evangelism in, in preaching, just give just a snapshot here. Let's give a, let's give a shout out, if you will, to, to Katie of how much she helps you in your work. Yeah. Katie, uh, I say this in the most loving way. She's a bit of a strange bird in the fact that she grew up wanting to be a preacher's wife. Wow. She she had a, a wonderful example within the local church there in Shelbyville of a, a tremendous preacher's wife. And that's something she desired. So whenever I, I talked about, whenever we started discussing me preaching, I don't know if she'd ever mentioned it up to that point. She's like, huh, well, I always kind of, kind of wish that that was, that I couldn't marry a preacher. And then that it certainly is a testament to her parents. I have just unbelievably awesome uh, in-laws. My, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law are, are salt, salt of the earth type of people. And they have done nothing but support me in the work that I'm doing as well. So if I'm going to talk about really the role that Katie plays, I have to give credit to them for raising up um, a, a daughter who who did not shy away from a desire to be a preacher's wife? Because I, I have I have some some brothers that I've spoken to before who have talked about, you know, if I ever said I didn't want to preach anymore, my wife said she'd be totally down with that, and that 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 really hurt. That 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 I don't know if it was meant to be discouraging, but it kind of discouraged me that sure. I felt as if that that brother didn't really have the support system that he could have. Katie has has never been anything but supportive supportive of me supportive of me um, in, in everything, everywhere I've, I've taken her, took her to Arkansas for a year, moved her out to West Tennessee for a year, which is, if you know anything about Tennessee, there, we have what we call the three, the tri-star, which represents the three uh, different sections of Tennessee. There's East Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, and West Tennessee. They're very distinct sections of Tennessee, and they're all separated by bodies of water for the most part, or, or uh, plateaus. So I'm from East Tennessee, so we got that, that star covered. She's from Middle Tennessee. We have that star covered. So we lived in West Tennessee to get that star covered as well. And she never complained, even though being away from family, she's a big family person, loves being with family. She never complained. She's always supported me. And uh, especially like in, in personal studies, um, anytime we have an opportunity to baptize someone, I always encourage them to go through a home study with me following. We have a, a six a six lesson study that we go through and Katie's there and she we're talking and we're uh, conversing with one another, whoever we might be studying with. We have a young couple right now that we've been studying with for the past few months. Um, it's a boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, uh, the boyfriend is a member of the church here and started bringing his girlfriend and we were able to sit down and study with her and she was baptized into Christ. And we've been studying since then over the past few months and Katie's right there with us. And I just really, really appreciate that about her. And uh, I, I just, I, I could not speak any more glowingly of the support that she's given me as a preacher's wife. She goes through a lot and she experiences a lot and she's right there with me. And I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know how I could do this work without her at all. Well, uh, I'm proud of you for, and I, I think she will, will be, uh, she might even give you a hug, you know, after hearing you saying all those <laughs> nice things about her, but, uh, but, you know, just several things that you said there uh, talking about, 
the the sister that she knew that was a, a good example of a preacher's mm-hmm. wife, and she she grew up watching and listening to her, and uh, and then your in laws, uh, the support that they give you. I mean, it's people, you know. There's a, there's a reason they call this work, right? Personal work or that it's hard, you know, and, and most people don't realize, yeah. you know, they, they say, well, you just sit there and read all day or you don't, you know, you only have to do work two times a week or three times that, a week. Yeah, that, that's right. You, you work, you work a day and a half every week. That's the, yeah. that's the running joke that I hear the most. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just, uh, we could all tell our stories of the things that, that we run into and challenges that we have. And people just don't appreciate that unless they, uh, that's why we try to encourage so many uh, on our end to go with us. I, I try to expose as many people mm-hmm. as I can to what's out there to, you know, to follow up with visitors, to set up studies, to be involved in studies, all those type things. It's so, so important. But, um, well, thanks for sharing all that about, uh, about Katie. I guess just, that's awesome. Uh, let's take the next few minutes and tell us about Nikki Robinson, who, you know, uh, Lindsay's uh, mom, right? Yes, yes. Oh well, I I wish I knew her better because they were just so cool to 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 speak with. They visited, um, I think, last month for the yes. first time. Uh, Lindsay and her daughter, her their daughter, moved here from Virginia within the past couple of months, and they visited. I believe her uh, dad's name is Mark. Is that right? Mark. That's right. Yeah, Mark and Nikki. Uh, so yes. got to meet them, and uh, they super cool folks. I I, re- I realize why Nikki is so cool because her mom and dad are just really, really neat people. Yeah, they really are. We've really got to know them since uh, since we moved here to Vestavia. Um, and uh, I want to give a shout out to Glenda Greer, too. I've known Glenda yes. for a long, yes. a long time. I know she worships there with you, and she worshiped with us in, uh, in Lexington. Mm-hmm. But uh, tell us uh, about the um, – see, see uh, look, some of, your, some of your stuff even gets out. Like, oh. Nikki brought <laughs> She yeah. brought that back, and then she brought the, your. Uh, let me see if I can get it here. We, the card, your card, and and the message that's there on the back. Show that real quick. To, so tell us a, a little bit about the uh, the Loudon Congregation. Yeah, yeah. This church has been around for a really long time. Uh, I believe this church was founded in nineteen either fifty three or fifty six. I believe. Okay. Um, and it is, uh, the, the current church house that I'm sitting right now has been, was purchased, I think around that time ish. And it has had multiple additions to it, adding classroom space and such. I believe this used to be an old house that was converted into, into a church house. Um, and through that time, there's been a number of, of preachers that have worked with this local church. Uh, there were, there were a couple of men who, ser- who were able to serve as, as, uh, shepherds of this church, I think from, um, 2005, 2006 ish for about 10 years or so. I think, I think that's right. If I got my history right. And then one of the brothers had to step down for, for for illness. And um, so this church has, has has a long history, has had a lot of people working, uh, like I said, as preachers in various capacities. Uh, And I would definitely say this is a a staple of the Loudoun community. Loudoun is not a very big town. I think think right now it's probably about 6,000 people live here in Loudoun. And we've had a good opportunity since we moved here to be engaged in the community. We have actually, we have only lived here in Loudoun since the uh, beginning of May, I believe it was. We were living in Cleveland with my my parents for 11 or so months prior to that, because whenever we decided to move in June of last year, well, the housing market was just chaos and yeah. we just had zero ability to, to find a house up here. 
So we did the long distance thing for a while, which was a, a real drag. I, I didn't, didn't, after about two weeks, I became very tired of that just because it was difficult to, um, to feel like I was really doing the work I desired to do, not being here in the community and not sure. really having a, a foothold in the community yet. But we made it through that process. We got up here, got my, my daughter in school and we've been able to volunteer at school and meet people there. We, what you held up actually, the, the three L's was a, a, it was something I produced for what is called Riverfest here in Loudoun, which is just a big festival done at the, the park uh, downtown. And we wanted to set up a booth and to um, just share with the, with the community some information about the church here in Loudoun and let them know that we're here. I, I feel as if COVID was a, a moment where a lot of churches could have a restart and yes. kind of have a fresh start with with getting their, their name out in the community. I, and I think that's really important. I know some people, whenever you talk about marketing the church, kind of cringe at that, kind of withdraw a little bit from that because it just, it doesn't sound, to some people it just sounds weird and it sounds like you're making the church a business more, more than anything else. And while I understand that to an extent, I think there's also a, a real need to market the church, for the Absolutely. church to have a name within the community and for people to be able to easily recognize the church within the community. So one of the ways I've gone about that is by just creating a logo, um, one of the logo that you can see uh, on that on the business card and even on the three L's. Um, I took I'm gonna, took yeah, I'm gonna hold it up again there. So. Yeah, there's the three L's and then the logo. So I, I, there's another church that has a logo very similar to that. I, I went and did a few changes with it, changed the the squares and the rectangles and just different things with it to try to make it our own and, and add some of the color. The high school here in Loudon is is red, so I figured, hey, why not make the if the community is red, why not make the church's logo red again to show a connection to the community? There, there we go. Um, yeah. So I put that on everything. I, I mean, I literally put that on just about everything I can find uh, just again, to make the church stand out that somebody sees that logo and they immediately think about the church. And, you know, if they're ever in that moment in life where they're thinking, you know, I I'm lost, I need some spiritual guidance. I need someone to reach out to maybe because they've seen that logo. They'll think, huh, I remember this church over on Ward Avenue. Maybe I can, you know, do I have that business card somewhere? Or maybe I can just find out something about them and, and reach out to them. So we want to make ourselves available. We want to make ourselves recognizable for the community because uh, that's one of the, the most important aspects of a local church is to outreach to the community and to be a part of the community and to recognize that this is a place where, where a group of people meet and we are spiritually focused we are wanting to serve God together. We want to work with God to uh, work for God together. And we certainly would want members of the community to come and, and join our, our little faith community. We are yeah. a little community in and of itself within the larger Lauda community. And we would love for people to come join us and, 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 and investigate, you know, come and see, come and see what, what we're about here at the Loudon church of Christ. All right. That's, that's just excellent. And it's uh, again, sometimes <clears throat> Most of the people that are that are listening to the podcast, I think, are are folks that have got some experience, or you know, they're wanting to learn, like all of us are. Mm -hmm. And uh, but uh, it, sometimes the, we hear things that we haven't heard before. Sometimes it's the way you express it, and uh, then it's like, oh, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way, or mm -hmm. yeah, I could do that. I could, I could, uh, and maybe you know, I'll get your contact information at the end of the podcast here, but somebody might want to reach out to you and say, could I get a copy of this and maybe borrow an idea or two? Yeah. 
I, I, I literally just told somebody last night, or I think it was Wednesday night, because they were saying something that we were something new we'd put up here. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. I was like, I want to be honest with you. Probably 90% of my ideas I've gotten from other people. Of course. I mean, my, my best ideas are certainly not my own. Um, I mean, I've, I've even got on my desk right here a number of other um, type of trifolds that yes. I've gotten from other churches that I used to to really make our own. So I've got all these all these good things I've seen in other churches that yes. are really that are really beneficial. Like, OK, what can I take from each of these in order to make something for us, something that fits loud in? Because the local churches with the autonomy with which we operate, what might work in one local church in that regard might not be the best for for the others. So that's well, why I, we, I made what I made. No, I think that's really that, that's being totally transparent, being honest, right? And we've oh, yeah. all done that. But ever sometimes people want to say, "Well, I created this." No, no. no. Listen, their, their originality you know that, is is very rare. I would say in the preaching community, most of us no. borrow and steal, and then yeah. forget where we borrowed and stole it from from other people. Well, Matt and I are working on uh, uh, some things. We won't get into, but it kind of triggered the thought of where there could be a link here to leading others to Christ, where there could be like a resource room, or so, where there could be things like that, where there could be mm. samples of things that people could get ideas from. Um, but, uh, you know, something you said there triggered another thought, uh, is that the community that we live in Loudoun, Tennessee is very different than, let's say than LA or Tampa or uh, literally Harlem, could not be any polar opposites <laughs> or, or Harlem, New York, where I interviewed Car uh, Caleb Churchill. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but we're all doing the same work and we're all, we're mm -hmm. teaching this and right. preaching the same gospel and trying right. to uh, lead others to Christ. And. So uh, that's what's fascinating about about all of this as well. Uh, well, let's uh, I know that, you know, as soon as I, I said, Matt's going to be notifying me in a minute, we have five minutes left. He just did, Nick. He just said we have five minutes left. <laughs> it does uh, go by fast. Yeah, I'm just I could just ignore him and just we could just keep going. You hey, know, I'm I'm down if we, <laughs> you know, no offense to Matt at all, but I'm, I'm down to talk as long as long as we can. Let's. uh, uh Let's do this. Uh, think of a uh, conversion story, uh, somebody, maybe a unique story or something that pops in your mind that you'd like to share with the group. Yeah, um, probably my favorite is. Um, would, all right. So this this connects, you know, you're asking for some other names of people. I, I've got I already know who the names I want to give to you to, to share. So one of this actually comes from from that church. Okay. Uh, it's a church in North Hickson in, in Chattanooga. Uh, there was a brother there and, uh, and a sister there who the sister's mom actually lived in Jackson where, where we were living and her name was joy Alexander. And she is actually a, a, an immigrant from Britain. She was born in, in England and still had, and had, had a beautiful British accent. So uh, the sister, her name was Moya. Moya contacted me and said, Hey, my mom lives in Jackson. And I have given a lot of effort since Moya become a Christian to try to share the gospel with my mom. And she has not really been all that receptive to it for decades, really. But just recently, she began to ask me a lot of questions and wanted to know more about, about the Bible. So at the time, my parents actually went to North Hickson. So that was the connection between um, myself and, and Moya 
and then my family and all that kind of stuff. So she said, would you mind sitting down with my mom and, or going and meeting her and, and studying with her? I said, sure, I would love to do that. Had no idea what I was walking into. I knew Moya, wonderful, wonderful woman, so kind. Um, so I went and met with her mom. Her name was Joy, like I said, and sat down and my normal mode of operation, whenever I have the opportunity to sit down with someone, I am only guaranteed as far as I know that one study. So within that one time of sitting down with somebody, I shared what many people have used in various places, the big picture of the Bible with her. And um, within that study, kind of went through, again, just the big picture of the Bible, starting in Genesis and worked our way through the New Testament and just the story of, of, of God and mankind and the gospel. And once we concluded that, Joyce said, huh, well, I need to be baptized then. I wow. said, all right, well, let's do that. Um, so we went and we baptized Joy and Joy at that point in her life had dealt with a lot, dealt with loss of, of um, a, a husband and had gone through a divorce and had gone through uh, the loss of, of a daughter as well, had numerous health issues. But once she became a, a disciple of Jesus, she was very dedicated, even though it was very difficult for her to get to services. This was prior to COVID. She was there. I want to say that was in either probably that was probably in 2019 whenever she became a Christian. And then obviously with 2020 happening with COVID with her health issues and stuff that made us being able to be with each other a lot more difficult, but we persevered and, and we continued to interact with one another, even during COVID and do the studies I mentioned earlier, we sat down and did the studies with her as well. Um, so whenever we decided to move from Jackson, that was one of the most difficult things was, was leaving joy because she was her name. a fit. She was a joy to work with. She was a joy to get to know. And I would call her and talk to her some, uh, after, after we had moved, but she, she passed away some months back, maybe, maybe about a year ago now. Uh, but that, that of all of those I've been able to, to bring to Christ, to lead to Christ, to go along with, with this, this interview, that that's the one that stands out most to me just because of, of everything about who joy was and just about the seemingly random connection from Chattanooga to Jackson, uh, God works in, in incredible ways, and his gospel is, is for all. No matter your background, no matter where you from, you're from, no matter what you might have done in the past, no matter what you've gone through, no matter your difficulties in life, the gospel reconciles uh, people to God and, and people to one another as well. I know the relationship that Moya had with Joy after that point was, was probably the best they had ever had, and I'm just really grateful to have been able to play a small part in, in that story. Well, what a what a great story, and and uh, yeah, just uh, several things there again. But you know, it's like what if uh, I've got a big what if thing that yeah. I do. But, uh, what if uh, Moya hadn't had that love for her mother mm-hmm. and that concern? What if uh, Joy hadn't started asking questions? Right. What if Moya hadn't reached out to you? Mm-hmm. And what if you had said, well, I don't have time, you know, maybe later, I don't have time to do that now. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it gets, uh, uh, and, and then the, just the, the providence of God, how all of this works, we don't understand it, but absolutely, uh, there's a process that's going on that we have to have faith in and, and uh, he's going to give the increase, but, uh, right. but we have to do the work, but, and, and then the fact that you said that she passed away not too long after she becomes a Christian, right? Yeah, it Joy. was probably two years yes. at most, about, about two years, right? 
So uh, uh, I have a number of stories similar to that of, uh, you know, a lot of people that think about, <clears throat> it seems like in a lot of conversations, it's always focused on the young people, all right, the young, mm-hmm. which we need to, you know, we need to teach the young people. But and maybe this is because I'm a baby boomer. I was born in 46. I'm the first class of the baby boomers. But so many of our studies over the last few years have been with older men and women. And uh, they're starting to see their family and friends pass away. And all of a sudden, they're starting to get interested in what eternity is going to be all about. And uh, there's just so many people out there that that a lot of times, maybe the average person in in a congregation doesn't think that way. But there's just a lot of folks out there that uh, if we'll just reach out to them, they're interested. Uh, Well, listen, I know we're, we're out of time, Nick, just really good. And I've tried to close these out with what I call one thing. And you might've heard that in the mm-hmm. podcast that you listen to, but <clears throat> so somebody's listening to this and, and hopefully that'll be the case that they go, well, hopefully they're listening and watching, but uh, maybe you've said something there that kind of triggered and kind of got their engine going again, if you will. And they go, I need to start doing this evangelism thing again. I need to start reaching out to family and friends. What would you say to somebody would be one thing that they could start doing that would help them do that? I would say the one thing that they can do is to not, not be shy about their faith. So one thing is like, for example, wearing, wearing a shirt like this, that says faith, hope and love. I I got this from a, uh, a fundraiser for an adoption actually for, for a Christian family. And I, over the past few years have, have become, um, much I've had a greater desire to either wear clothing that expresses some sort of, of faith statement or scripture or something, yes. or to be just talk about God more often. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I remember in my past being around, being around people, um, of, of faith as well. And they would just, they would just be so much more open about speaking about God say, Oh, what a beautiful day it is. And they would spout back with, Oh Yeah what a blessing this is from God. And I kind of like, Whoa, what, what are you, what are you doing? Talking, talking about God like that. I'll just say, I'll, I'll breathe a day, day it is. And that convicted yeah. me to, to, to recognize that we need to be very free about our expressions of God and to speak about God. Um, it should not come. It should never come as a surprise to anyone that we're Christians. That, that should be something I think that people recognize about us very quickly from the clothing we wear or the statements that we make, the way we talk, uh, just everything we do ought to stand out to people that we are people of faith and that yeah. God is our focus. I think there's one thing you can do, do that. Just be much more expressive about your faith in the many different ways that we can. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, again, uh, Nick, uh, great to meet you this way and uh, appreciate you so much taking this time. Yeah, uh, keep up your good work there in Loudon. And uh, uh, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, what's uh, what's the contact information that you could share? Yeah, yeah, um, I'm on Facebook. You can search Nick Angel, and you'll see my face pop up with my family. Uh, my email address is my name, Nick Angel, and then vfl at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach out to me there as well. You can check out our website for the Loudon Church. It's loudoncoc.org, L-O-U-D-O-N-C-O-C.org. You can go there. You can send us a message on the website as well. Uh, it's still a little bit of a work in progress. We we did, we brought up a new website a few months ago, and I've been adding stuff to it. 
ever since. Uh, but you can find the majority of uh, the material that we produce there on the website. It's got links to our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, all of that you can find on the website, loudncoc.org. Wonderful. All right. Well, again, <clears throat> just uh, excellent interview and uh, uh, I'm proud of you. And uh, uh, I don't know you, but I, I feel like I do after <laughs> spending just 30 minutes with you here. But uh, again, I look forward to seeing you someday in the future. So Thanks again. And uh, again, keep up the good work and, and give your uh, give your girls a hug for us. I will do that. I will do Thank you. Now, I, I appreciate this, this work that you're doing. This is a, a tremendous ministry, the way you serve the Lord in doing this way, highlighting uh, the way people, all of us, I think of myself as nothing but a broken vessel. And yet the Lord and Lord uses me in, in some way to show his power that he can even use me to accomplish some good for him. And there are so many out there that are doing incredible work and, and God bless you for, for highlighting that good work and hopefully encouraging and motivating others to do the same. Thank you for that. Well, thank you for your encouragement and uh, Lord willing, we'll see you soon. Thanks again, brother. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks so much. Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.